I read this story recently. It was an interview a while back with Aubrey Hepburn. And they were asking her, like, one of the, you know, in her childhood, like, what was a lesson that you learned that made a huge impact on you? And she told the story about how she went with her mom and dad and siblings to the circus, you know, one of the circuses that would, you know, pop up with the tent in the middle of town. She was so excited about it. So she gets there, and in front of them in line is a family with seven children. And she said, looking at them, she knew that although very neat and well-dressed, they, they had obviously never had this type of experience before because they were chattering about having never been to the circus and how excited they were. And the father goes up to pay for the tickets, and the woman who's selling the tickets tells him how much it would be for he and his family. And she said, I watched his shoulders slump. And his wife at the time was holding his hand, and she just sort of in shock let, let go of his hand. And she said, in that moment, I realized they didn't have enough money for everybody to buy a ticket. So she said, I looked over at my dad, and he was reaching into his pocket for his wallet. And he pulled out a $10 bill. And he dropped the $10 bill at the feet of the man in front of him. And he tapped him on the shoulder, and he said, I think, I think you've dropped $10. And the man turned around, and he said, no, no, I, I didn't drop $10. And she said, my dad looked at him, and he goes, yeah, you did. I, I saw it. You, you dropped $10. And he said that the man picked up the, the, ten, the money and looked at him and just mouthed, thank you. She said, at that point, my dad turned to all of us and said, all right, we're, we're headed home. For the $10 that he dropped at the feet of that man was the $10 that they were going to use to go to the circus. And he said that, she said that they got home, and of course, you know, we were disappointed. But my father pulled us all together, and he said to us something that she said, I'll never forget. He said, the giver is bigger than the receiver that love has nothing to do with what you are expecting to get, only with what you're expected to give. Powerful words. So when we think about a giver, we may not immediately think about John the Baptist. I don't know about you, but I haven't really heard many stewardship sermons using John the Baptist <laughs> as, as the icon for that. But I do think today, in a way that I have to tell you I've never really thought about before with John the Baptist, he gives us something very important here. Because for John the Baptist, all he did throughout his life was give. To give, to prepare, to make way, to not be about him, but to be about the one who was to come after him. He understood that it was that his role for that was far more important than anything that he was himself. But we know that he was making this huge impact because they're coming to him and they're saying, are you the Messiah, the one that we've been waiting for? Are you Elijah? Are you the prophet? And he says to them, no, I am not any of these things. But this is what I am. I am the one to prepare. I am the one to be, to make 
way, make the path straight. I'm the one to be the light bearer for the one who will be that great light in the darkness. That is his gift to us. His gift to us is for us to take a moment to decide not who we're not, like the questions given to John the Baptist this, this morning, but rather who we are. I think it's so it's such a tendency of us to say, well, I'm, I'm not smart enough, or I'm, or I'm not this, or, you know, or my speech is not quite right. Or, or I, but instead, John the Baptist says, no, who are you? What can you bring? I think he gives us permission to do that, to be ourselves. And I think that that happened, I mean, one of my absolute favorite pieces of scriptures in the Gospel of Luke, when Mary comes to Martha and John leaps in his mother's womb at the sound, at the presence of Jesus and at the sound of Mary's voice. You carry that through to Jesus' baptism and the stories that John the Baptist must have heard about his cousin coming up and even his own doubts. I mean, he gave everything, including his own life. And at the very end of his life, you remember that he's asking the disciples of Jesus, is this really the one that I've been preparing for? But he was totally and authentically himself. And he gave of himself. He was a witness. And I think that he also calls us to turn that mirror back on ourselves and to claim our identity as children of God, not as orphans, as blessed witnesses, the light that's, that's beginning, as we see three candles lit this morning, the increase of the light that's coming into our midst. So I have to say that I drove into the parking lot of St. Augustine's this morning, and it felt a little strange not to see AJ here, you know, be bopping around like AJ does, and I'm sure it is for you all. We all have different emotions and feelings about it, and we hold all of that, because that's what we do as a community of faith. And I think that the real gift that AJ gave to you all is that he has allowed you to do what John the Baptist has done in this gospel reading, to say, who are you? I can tell you as clergy that we take very seriously that we are only temporary caregivers for congregations. I don't know if many of you know this, but as clergy, once we're ordained, we're never a member of a church ever again. I can never join a church as a priest. It's kind of interesting. Because we are custodians and growers and carers and givers, but the church is yours. St. Augustine's this is your church. And as you engage upon this question about who you are, it's going to be hard and there's going to be times where you're frustrated or impatient. It's also going to be exciting after 14 years to really delve in and to see what it is that you want to be, who you are, the type of priest you want to call next. But sometimes it's just sort of taking that next step into this process. And yesterday I was listening to NPR and they were interviewing a rabbi up in New York City. And he said something that I, I've never really heard of it this way. They were talking about the beginning of Hanukkah, which of course began at sundown on Thursday. And I've always heard about the miracle, as you know, many of us have had, about the oil that, that never ran dry and the lighting of the candles. 
But he said the bravest part of the whole process for the Jews who did this, who didn't win the war, they just won the battle, he said was the courage that it took them to light the first candle. The, the courage it took just to step in and say, you know what, I don't know where this all goes, but I know that God is faithful and I'm going to light this first candle. And the first candle went to the second candle, to the third candle, as we have today. The light is coming into the darkness. So this time of reflection and patience and all the things that we bring to this, we hold before us again the message that the father taught his children that day about giving. Who we are, where we want to be. For remember that the giver receives far more than they can ask for or imagine. Amen.